We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel Gilchrist, as always joined by the incredible Meg Brotman, Master of Wine. And Meg, I am so psyched about our guest today. We have the amazing Neil Allenby with us to talk about the Wrong Valley. I know, it's super exciting. We dropped into the super Dan Murphy's in South Melbourne last week. Yeah, yeah. A, a mind-blowing experience, everyone, so get down there. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I it's learned, cool. I learned so much. Yeah. From Neil. It was fabulous. Amazing. So thanks for joining us, Neil. Pleasure. It's a thrill to be here, actually. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Neil, you've got this amazing background. So me and Tori, when we first went to Dan Murphy's, we're like, oh, hey, here's the guy on all the posters. This is Neil. So we kind of just got chatting and just realized you have the most phenomenal background. So you've got, you spent 12 years living in France. Correct. I lived 12 years in France, uh, five years of which were in the Rhone Valley. Wow. And that's where I went to university in the Rhone Valley. Yeah. Uh, there's a university of wine. And so I studied in French oh. and uh, passed my degree there. And then I did my WSCT in uh, level four in uh, Burgundy in Bourgogne. Are you French? I'm French and Tasmanian, dual nationality. Wow. I was born in Tasmania. Okay. But the accent, the slight accent that you have is French. It must be. Okay. <laughs> From 12 years of living there and speaking French. And, and in fact, you Let know, do it. French construction of sentences is very similar to English, but not the same. Unlike German, which is completely different. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, you always get the words a little bit round the wrong way. I worked there for many years and I'm not a linguist by any stretch of the imagination. And they told me I spoke French and I don't know what the French term is, like a little Negro. Oh, okay. Wow. It was a terrible term. And I actually spoke to a friend of mine recently and she said, I had never realised until you just told me how offensive yeah. that actually is. That's a little word. There's another one as well. It's uh, como vas espanol, which is a Spanish cow, cow. which is not particularly nice. Oh, no. Well, It's not a compliment. I learned my French on the job in the south, so I was like Douza and Demang, and then oh. I went to work in Touraine, mm. Tour, which apparently is perfect French, accentless yes. French yes. or something. And <clears throat> yeah, that's the person up there, uh, Vincent, who was the biggest prick of a winemaker I've ever worked with, <laughs> told me, yeah. And I said, he, and he said to me, "Oh, you murder my language." Uh, he should listen to me. I learnt my French in Quebec. Well, and I said to him, oh my well, God. "You don't do much for mine, other either, buddy." <laughs> Je m'appelle Melanie. <laughs> no, sorry, French sorry, Quebec. Quebecois no, accent. No, no. Oh. When Jacques Villeneuve was driving a Formula One. They would put subtitles when he spoke in French. <laughs> and in Quebecois, it's, he's Quebecois, thought, he doesn't speak oh, French. I thought he was French. Not Quebecois. Ah, okay. Yeah. And it would well, subtitle it. So what took you to France in the first place now? It was a love of wine and um, wanting to, to, you know, live the life. Um, so I had uh, grown up in Tasmania. I was too early for the opportunities of the Tasmanian wine industry. I mm. had studied through chemistry. I'd oh. always retained my passion for wine. 
And uh, the age of 36, it's like, here's the opportunity, go and do it. And I lived in wow. France 12 years and just followed my passion. And where did you live in the Rhine? I lived in a little town called St. Paul Trois Chateaux. It's in the Drôme so Provencal. Did you have three chateaux? Strangely <laughs> enough, none at all. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's my fun fact. Actually, St. Paul Trois Chateau has got no chateaus. Okay. Um, it was uh, a mess of the translation from the local language, which was oh Trikestan. Ah, okay. Wow. And it got translated into French as three castles. But the, And where was it near? Was it southern Rhone, northern Rhone? Um, southern Rhone. It's the northern part of the southern Rhone in okay. the appellation of Grignon-les-Ademars. Um, not far from Nyons. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Sausage. Yes. <laughs> Meg can bring anything back to food. I can. Lyon it's, it's, is it's the gastronomic capital of France, I think. Absolutely. And the lovely yeah. little bouchons where you eat, uh, they yeah. have the local wine from Beaujolais. Uh, <laughs> Beaujolais, I could give I a love a Beaujolais. Oh, but it's all part of the fun. It is, exactly. <laughs> Neil gets it. <laughs> and Neil, you've got this really cool title. How did this come about that you are the Rhone Valley Ambassador in Australia? So I, because I lived in for five years in the Rhone Valley and I know all the winemakers there, um, the opportunity came up to to gain um, a title of the Rhone Valley Vineyard Wine Ambassador. It's a program run by Inter Rhone, which is the uh, marketing body of the Rhone Valley wines. And uh, the qualification is education. It says that I am ed- uh, qualified to teach Rhone Valley wines anywhere. There are 25 in the world so far. Wow. Wow, not many. Uh, it's a new program. Yeah. And it's it's in line with the ones from uh, Borgogna where there are 70 or 80 or so. Um, they kind of follow each other in Tyrone and the, the uh, Borgogna wine board and uh, the same with the big wine fairs that travel around the region, yeah. the wine ambassador program as well. Okay, so Neil, I, I told you uh, like our, our guest, our expert of the day always gives us a fun fact. So what have you brought in for us today? Okay, so I have a, a, a fact. I can't say it's too much fun. <laughs> okay. It's the origins of phylloxera. I think most people know of phylloxera. It's the little pest that uh, attacks the roots of vines mm-hmm. and uh, called, devastated the, the French vineyards yeah. in the late 1800s. And devastating the Aravalli as we and, speak. Uh, exactly yeah. right. And uh, fear for Barossa as well. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, it actually started in 1862. When a very kind uh, friend, American friend, uh, gave his French uh, colleague, uh, Monsieur uh, Borti, some cuttings of American vines. And he planted them. And in the same token, in taking the soil from the US, he brought along the phylloxera bug. So the American vines, of course, are immune. Yeah. But the American vines don't make very good wine and the European wines are not immune and so they uh, very quickly started dying off. So um, it was it was just a lovely gift to a friend. It was like a sweet gesture. Exactly. It started phylloxera. And it was Aww. it was in the town of Rockmoor, okay. which is in the appellation of Lyrac. So it's just across the river from uh, Chateauneuf-du-Pape in 1862. Wow. So uh, Rhone Valley, another trophy. Okay, and Neil, what have you been drinking? Tell us, what is anything cool? So, I, of course, I've been drinking Rhone Valley wines. Of course, that checks out. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, I have a we have a range of different wines from from Rhone Valley. Yeah. Um, 
one particular that, that, that we, they like and that we sell through the Dan Murphy's in South Melbourne. Yep. Um, we have the Light Vontu, mm. which is terrific. It's actually Grenache and Syrah mm. blend, mm. but it's about $15. And it's much smoother than a $15 Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir is yeah. too difficult to grow and too hard to make good wine from. Therefore, you can do be far more forgiving if you go for these Rhone Valley blends. That's really interesting. We talk about this a lot of like if you're going to spend more, where to spend it. If you're going to spend less, where to spend it. So I actually would never have thought that if I was only going to spend $15 that I could get anything good from France. That's amazing. Well, yeah. why don't we try it? You want to talk us through it? Okay. It's from Gabriel Mefra, who's a large negotiant based in Gigondas that I would love to talk about very shortly. Uh, red wine, of course, Grenache and Syrah. Very smooth, a lot of fruit flavor. Oh, my God, yum. It is superb, isn't it? And light drinking, go That's fabulously so with pizza. And chilled. Would chilled, chilled? You can chill it as well. It's got that interesting meld of sort of black and red fruits. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, and it's the tannins are quite, for Grenache dominant, is it? I'm yes, it is. I'm softer tannin. Oh my God, yeah. But it actually holds up really well to the, the fruit. There's enough yeah. fruit to support it. It's yeah. pretty delicious. And is this found pretty widely in Dan Murphy stores or is it unique to yours because you've got a special store? No, uh, across all Dan Murphy stores. Amazing. A little fun fact for that one. Fermented and aged in concrete vat. Oh, wow. cool. You can't taste the concrete. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we'll get you to take us through the Appalachians system in a second. That'd be really helpful. But um, before we get too far into the wines, can you just tell us a bit about the Rhone Valley and, and why you do love it? Rhone Valley I like best is is because it is far more relaxed. Mm. The big issue with the Bordeaux and Burgundy is that they tend to be quite expensive. Mm. Um and a big reputation. They're also quite closed to, and the same with Champagne as well, pretty much, closed to a lot of foreigners. They're very much under the French control. And, you know, I can understand that. It would probably be the same anywhere in the world. The Rhone Valley is far more open, far more about having fun. Oh, sounds like me. Sounds like my place. I need to go and there. it's beautiful. And it's beautiful. And all of the villages have their own particular – they're all, only small villages, but each one has its own party every year. Excuse Everybody's invited. That's really fun. So the, well, the best one is the one from Rasto. That it goes all night. They have a big jazz band. Uh, they have big dancing, tasting food. It's just a far more friendly, more relaxed place. And that's why I love it. It's, it's very welcoming to people. Of course, it's hard for me to, to actually be certain because I can speak French. So yeah, I speak true. my bad French. I'm very welcome. Yeah. When people think of the Rhone Valley or if anyone's going to go out and buy something from the Rhone, what great varietal or varietals can they expect? So the Rhone Valley is 80% red wine. There's some beautiful white wines, but they're only about 7% and 13% is uh, rosé. Uh, which is a yeah. continuation of uh, Provence Rosé. Okay. Apart from Tavel. Um, so we're talking, really talking about red wine. 
Then the northern part of the Rhone, which is only 5% of production, is Syrah. It's the home of Syrah. It's where it was born, Shiraz mm, in yeah, Australia. Yeah. It's actually Syrah. It's a cross between Derisa and Mondeuse Blanche. And uh, that's where it came from, the northern Rhone. It's got nothing to do with towns in Persia or Iran <laughs> or anything else that Australians <laughs> think. No problem. It's still called Shiraz here. That's okay. Um, and so... Uh, that's the northern Rhone, so you got the, and it's a cooler climate, it's continental climate, so it's not like Barossa at all. Mm. It's more elegant, more delicate, uh, to the point of having some sp- a little spice as well. Um, long lived because of the way they they make the wine, and so you have Hermitage, for example, yeah. which is a premium appellation of the northern Rhone, which is very famous for uh, Shiraz. And, of course, that's what uh, Grange was called to start with. And if, if and someone thought that they didn't like Shiraz because they've tasted um, Barossa Valley Shiraz and it was a lot, do you think that they might still like wines from the Rhone? Yes. Give it a try, something like a cool climate Shiraz mm. from the Arrow Valley. Yeah, okay. And you will notice the difference yeah. between that and a full-on Barossa Lots of people love Barros and Shiraz, and I do too. Mm. It's just a different wine. Yeah. And you'll find a lot of winemakers in the Yarra Valley will call Shiraz Syrah in order to distinguish between that full-on Barossan style. Yeah. I think a lot of people globally, the term Shiraz is Barossa Valley. They are synonymous exactly. with, totally. with one another. And yeah. that style of 4.5% um, more cooked fruit, than fresh fruit profile, whereas when you move into the cooler climates, you are getting that fruit profile, but it's it's fresh. You know, yeah. in the Yarra, we certainly get that mulberry and plum, but not prune. So, so we're talking mainly Syrah. Syrah for the, for the northern Rhone. The in the southern Rhone, Grenache and Syrah with some Mourvedre. Beautiful. Generally, GSM blends for the red wine. To different degrees. Of course, Chateauneuf says they've got 13 grape varieties. So I thought they had 18. Uh, in fact, somebody said they've got 22. I'm not exactly certain. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's still pretty much GSM, Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre. Uh, the lighter styles, like the Vontu we just had, we have no Mourvedre. So is Vontu a region? Vontu is a big mountain. Okay. It's the largest mountain in the, the middle of France. And so people for the Tour de France will train there by cycling up and down the other side. Oh. It's close to 2,000 metres high. Oh. And the uh, Vontu Appellation is around the, the, the borders of the mountain. Okay. All right. So we've got Vontu. What are the wines? Let's get into this okay. next couple. What do we got here? So second one we have is Saint-Joseph. So okay. this, is, this is from the Northern Rhone. So the question is, who is Saint Joseph? Saint Joseph was the patron saint of happy death. What? Happy death. Happy death, exactly. And why? Because he almost certainly died in the arms of Jesus and Mary. That's, oh. that's the Joseph that he was. Oh my gosh. Is that Joseph? Wait, as, yes. in, as in Mary's dad? Yes. Oh. Well, I think you'd call him his stepdad, wouldn't you? Well, Saint Joseph was named after. He's hard done by dad, <laughs> I say. Well, because he was an older man. Oh. And Mary was very young. Oh, I didn't know he was an old fellow. Well, yeah, he was quite old. That's why God was giving out a helping hand with exactly. the <laughs> fertilization. <laughs> he was an older man, and um, and he must have died. The history of Jesus, the story of it, is a little vague between when he was born and growing up until he was about twenty nine. But 
But uh, that's who he was. He was the was the the and, husband and, of Mary. We'll but say. But why have patron saint of happy death? Did he die? Because he died. He definitely died Happily. well before Happily. both Jesus and Mary, and he would have been happy because he's dying in the arms of, Je- of so, Jesus and Mary. And he wouldn't have known what happened I to his actually, poor son. Yeah. He, wouldn't have, oh, <laughs> he wouldn't have known. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't a happy ending. Whereas, no. <laughs> whereas Mary was taking him down off the. Mm. Off I didn't the, realize that France cross. was this Christian. Oh yeah, absolutely. Chateau Neuf du Pape. It was the Sorry. chateau of the Pope. Exactly. When they moved the papacy You're to Avignon in right the 14th century. Yes, exactly. In the 1300s, 14th century, the popes were, shall we say, kicked out or, or decided <laughs> to move or whatever else, and moved to Avignon. So the border between the Kingdom of France and the Holy Roman Empire was the Rhone River. Wow. And so oh, the Avignon is amazing. And the food. Avignon is right on the border. It's right on yeah. the Rhone River. And it actually is a deviation of the Rhone. It actually puts it huh. in, in going north-south. You'd yeah. actually almost put it into the Kingdom of France. And it was a French pope who was the pope at the time. Wow. And uh, so there were seven seven popes, seven official ones and two more, I think. And, of course, they had, a, popes. they had a <laughs> – they had to have a summer house, and the summer house was the new castle of the Pope, Chateauneuf du Pope. Which apparently he never stayed in because then they moved the papacy back to <laughs> right. Rome. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's yeah, probably right, yes. All right, yes. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, back to the St. Joseph. St. Joseph, 100% Syrah. Okay. Grown on granite slopes of the northern Rhone. Mm. So cool climate. Sorry, is all St. Joseph 100% Syrah, Syrah or just this one? Uh, you can put a little bit of white grape in, but Marsan uh, Roussan, but it's not, it doesn't happen. Okay. It's pretty much 100%. That's a completely different beast mm. to the Vontu. Lovely, fine, grippy tan. It's very young. Yeah. And was set, this is 2017, good vintage in? Um, it was okay. The best, of course, was a 15. Oh, really? 15 in the Northern Rhone, 16 in the Southern Rhone, 19 was great. Um, 17 is okay, mm. is good. Um, Does that mean it would be quite expensive to buy some anything from 15 from their own? 2015? No. Um, the thing about Rhone Valley wines is is they tend not to be in the, you know, thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars that they're you would find value, in, yeah. in they're, they're good value. Awesome, yeah. Bordeaux and uh, Bourgogne, they, they tend to be, the, the really good ones tend to be very expensive. Yeah. And bang for buck, if you're spending $45 for an entry-level Burgundy, mm. for $45 in the Rhone, you're going to be drinking pretty well. That's what I would think. I would yep. say, absolutely. Except for Hermitage. Yeah. My favourite place. Oh, it's a beautiful hill. <laughs> Such a great view. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, and, and how much was this Saint Joseph? What are so we paying Saint for Joseph this? So the Saint Joseph is about forty-five. About forty-five. So, um, how would you describe it, and what would you eat with it? Um, let's think. A lot of uh, it's got good fruit flavour. The, the grippy tannins still present. Um, it's only lightly oaked. Um, as well as it would have some concrete as well. It would blend mm-hmm. together. Elegant, delicate, still young. Okay. Food? Food. Meg, what would I that's, have? that's all Meg ever thinks about. <laughs> he lived in the Rhone, so I'm going to get some top tips. Oh, I, would go, I would go beef. I would go for a steak with it. Okay. I would go steak, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Meg, what would you eat with it? 
I just keep thinking the sausage. sausage. <laughs> All right, so meat, um, I guess. <laughs> We've landed on meat. I mean, it, it is. It's just so elegant that wine. The it's tannins. Gorgeous. One of one of my issues with um, Saint Joseph is I often find them stalky, stemmy, and overextracted. Mm. So I'm not. I can be quite tough on them, and that is not no. that. That is really restrained tannin, perfectly balanced with the the dark fruits. But again. There's a is it that brambly fruit without being green character. Mm. That is, I'm not normally a fan of Saint Joseph. I got horribly drunk on it <laughs> many years ago, and so it's <laughs> seared into my brain. I can literally pick up a glass and go, "No, that's Saint Joseph." All my like, I got really drunk on it stories. A like tequila or something must be nice. I tell to have that with like a beautiful rose. I tell students that if you want to remember a wine, get really drunk on it. Oh dear. <laughs> Which is uh. probably not seriously good responsibility, but yeah, it's seared on my brain. I can just smell it and I kind of flinch, but that is yeah. that is superb. Hmm. I love the tannins as well. I oh Neil, we, we better tell Neil. I'm a super taster. Mm. So <laughs> just spilled wine. I act like it's some sort of superpower or something. But it just means she's a fussy eater. <laughs> I, but I am fussy and I find harsh tannin really, really harsh. Like I actually mm. really quite struggle with tannin and these first two wines have just been so beautiful mm. and smooth mm. and silky, which is what I've really loved about them. And not Australian tannin? No. Like you're definitely in a foreign country Yeah, those correct. tannins. Correct. And it's not a great big full-on style at yeah. all. Mm. That's um, delicious. I have a little extra little fact about uh, Saint Joseph, if mm, you like. Of course. Um, the town of Morve is in is in uh, Saint Joseph. Yeah. And the original name was Van der Morve before it became an appellation. And the Van der Morve is uh, is talked about in uh, Les Misérables. Oh. It was the the wine that was given to Jean Valjean. <gasps> ah. Van der Morve. M a u r m a u R V E S, I think. Oh, yeah. I love Oh, I hate musicals, but I have read the book. <laughs> Although it's incredible. <laughs> I picked good. it up the other day it's to give Jackman. my. I'd hate sing alongs. Um, <laughs> oh. But the book, it is. I'd forgotten how big it was. <laughs> I gave it to my Can son. Can I tell you a fun fact about me? What? I have learnt this, the, the duet in um, Les Miserables. Let it go, let it go. That is definitely not it. That's Frozen Meg. <laughs> but if I ever meet Hugh Jackman, I know the the other part of the duet. And so if I ever meet Hugh Jackman, I'm ready to be like, can we do this duet together? And we're going to sing it. It's going to be great. Shout out, if anyone knows Hugh Jackman, <laughs> can you come in and do the duet yeah. with me? <laughs> I'm having to rethink my opinion of you now. <laughs> it was never that hard to begin with. Let's be honest, I've never hidden anything from you. I mean, it was a brilliant book before it was a musical, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Look, we're going to jump in and cut it off here, but I think, Meg, we're going to have to make this a two-part series. Oh, absolutely. He's so interesting. He's got so many great stories. His knowledge of the history of everything. I couldn't stop asking questions. I was geeking out. You two were geeking out so (laughs) hard, but it's all so interesting. So we're definitely going to have to tune back in next week to hear the second part of our chat with Neil. And until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. Drink well. 